Hello and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. Today I'd like to welcome Rock Robinson to our show. Rock is the co-founder and CEO of Ecara, a zero emissions mobility platform that aims to reduce harmful emissions and accelerate the awareness of electric vehicles. Rock, how are you doing today? I am doing great this morning. It's a beautiful day. We're uh, we're hitting that beautiful North Texas fall weather finally. So it's a uh, uh, great morning being waken up by my three-year-old daughter, and uh, so I'm ready to go. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think we're going to get our five days of fall, so you know that's how it goes. Love it. Love it. It's been really nice. I mean, you know, North Texas gets brutal sometimes, but this 70-degree stuff is, like, super nice. It is. So, Rock, I like to start the show off with something interesting about my guests that most people don't know about you. So what would you like to share with the audience? Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that I'm a 100% a nerd. Like, <laughs> I consider myself this, uh, you know, outwardly, you wouldn't think that, you know, people sometimes look at outwardly things and determine or judge but I um, I spent a lot of time just learning and growing and, and reading about um, STEM type projects uh, and, and space. I, I want to go to space someday. And so as we were talking a little bit earlier, I feel like, you know, going to space is probable um, if we can survive the next 20 years and um, we can live longer. And so... Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nerd who likes to sometimes ride Harley. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate that because I'm a nerd too. And, um, you know, there was a time in life where you kind of, where I kind of shied away from that. But, um, you know, I lean into it very, very heavily now, especially now that I have children, I actually want them to see that side of me more because I'm trying to influence the nerdiness in them. So here's to nerds and nerds have become very cool over the last few years. So welcome. Totally. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Rock, can you give me a brief background on Ikara? Yeah, for sure. So, um, a few years ago, um, well, let me just kind of give you a little bit of backstory. My, I came out of the car business slash people business, I'd say. And um, a few years ago, my good friend and co-founder, Kevin Shea, uh, we, we decided to kind of go into these different spaces. So, he went to work for Uber. And I went to work for Apple. And um, the whole idea for doing that was just trying to let's figure out like what's next in our in our in our culture. We, we were always thinking in that that space. Mm-hmm. And so um, as he was working with Uber, he had this 2016 Passat that was in beautiful shape and he did about five thousand rides and each one of those rides were about a five star, four point nine star ride. And it was really because of the presence that he had in the car. So one day mm-hmm. he said to me, he goes, I got an idea. He's like, what is it? He said, what if we take uh, go to the dealerships? Cause we knew the background but with uh, you know, the car market and manufacturers and dealers and so what if we go to these guys and you know guarantee them that we bring them um, referral business if we could do something with the cars and then monetize them in a, in a real demo platform instead of just driving around being wasteful let's let's use those cars to you know monetize in a ride share environment and, and I, I thought man that's a great idea so we had this uh, really 
about a year worth of research and we came up with this idea called ride brand mm-hmm. and that's what um i think a lot of the 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 other guys i'd say in the ride share business this is kind of what we were thinking just elevating the experience but after doing a lot of the research we knew that wait a minute these cars are going to die like there is no long-term life for a combustion engine mm-hmm. so it you know we were at this quandrum like how do we start a business that we want to scale that we can already see that it's going to die. Like, it makes no sense at all. So we got to go, I, I looked at him and I go, the only way we do this is if it's hundred percent electric. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, we have to be committed to be hundred percent electric. We have to commit to reduce emissions and we have to commit to helping people understand what electrification is. And he mm-hmm. goes, great. I think it's great. And so we did another year of research. And then that is where the fire really began to grow in us. And we 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 saw so many problems. It, it became a passion project from that because we saw the the detriment of our world as it pertains to climate change and carbon emissions. And so mm-hmm. now I, I look at it as we almost have to do it. It, it makes no sense not to. So one of the obvious questions that you've probably heard a hundred times or if not more is that, so, you know, how is Ecara different from some of the current rideshare, you know, programs out there? That's a good question. So fundamentally, um, our approach to this is number one, a hundred percent emissions free. So that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And then that's, that's the thing that we want people to embrace and copy. Like, we're not threatened by that. We're encouraged by that. Um, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. The The other thing is you take the natural um, characteristics of an experience, right, where e- the Ubers and the Lyfts or the other guys, because they have no real control in the car, there is no real experience. It's, it's subject to whatever uh, that environment has. Well, a car is very different where we control every single experience you will not ever 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 get into an ikara managed car and it not be immaculately clean that's just a part of our culture just the way it is and so okay even if you look at it from a perspective of uh let's say tesla right tesla will offer a rideshare component within their uh, network of cars well mm-hmm. um, just because a tesla owner has an app that allows them to move people around doesn't mean that he doesn't have a 13 year old labrador retriever that he forgets to clean the dog hairs up in the back so right. so it's all relative to that control so one yes we're uh, mission free but two we have these controls and we have this environment and this customer journey that we want to take people through every single time much like an apple now, I understand from some of our offline conversations that um, you are working with a handful of uh, corporations around here and they're seeing the benefits to using you. Can you share with the audience what some of those benefits are and what you're you know, producing for them? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, so. We've been able to really help um, a lot of corporations. Well, I said a lot. We, the, the corporations that we have partnered with. Um, we've been able to show them how as a, as a corporation they can um be participate in emissions reduction by simply changing some of the habits that they're going to do anyway 
Um, and so we go in and we offer this amazing platform that they can see and they can actually help their employees um, reduce the carbon footprint by using us as a service, getting back and forth to airport transfers and things like that. And so the, the there's a level of trust there, right? And so we have a team that consistently works through picking these people up on a uh, monthly basis. And so there's relationships that form, uh, there's continuity and synergy that happens sometimes when uh, corporations have so many people coming and going, we're able to do carpool services where employees meet for the very first time. It's so dynamic to see that. When you have a very large, yeah, you have a very large corporation and they may have, you know, four or 5,000 employees, but, you know, 2,500 of them live outside of the state. They're traveling Mm -hmm. into the HQ here in the North Texas area. And we, we set them up with a carpool and guess what? They, they've met for the very first time in two different departments. And now there's some synergy there in the company with just meeting in the car. So there's all of these cool dynamics that we're able to partner with HQs with just by being a transportation service for them. So emissions reduction, uh, customer retention, because now you have females that travel at night and in cities like Dallas, not too favorable, but when they know they have a car coming, they know they have uh, somebody who's a family oriented driver who's been vetted in a nice car that's protected and networked. So everybody knows where you are. It's just a great sense of safety. So it sounds like a win, 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 a win for you, a win for the corporation and a win for the individuals that are participating. And that's somewhat what we're trying to accomplish here. We feel like we can get some real um, energy and movement if it's a win, win, win for everyone. And mm-hmm. again, I, people assume, and I'll take that even down to the cost. People assume, well, it's a Tesla. It's going to be, you know, black car or some you know, ridiculous price. Well, we can keep our prices the same or lower than most competitive uh, car services in the market simply because we don't have the um, the necessary expenses, right? So we haven't spent one cent on energy so far. Uh, may, may, maybe a little bit, but we don't spend gas. I mean, the gas is, there's no gas, no oil changes, no maintenance. You know, all of these things that come with, traditional combustion cars we don't have to deal with so we pass the savings along to people yeah it's interesting your so your pricing is competitive to the other ride share companies yeah you know in fact in our market here in dfw uh a uber select is two dollars and eighty cents a mile on average people don't realize it because uber's broken that price down and and to so many different things you don't really know what the end result is but mm-hmm. an Uber X is a dollar forty a mile, and Ecara is a dollar fifty right now. So we're ten cents more a mile than the lowest entry level uh, ride service that you can get with Uber. That's really really interesting. Um, and by the way, uh, this is just another little nugget. That's that's with about a thirty four percent margin. So we can even that's get a pretty healthy margin, right? We can even get better than that if if we do things right. That is interesting. So, Rock, one of the things I like to explore with my guests is, you know, along the lines of Simon Sinek, you know, the, the why you're doing what you're doing with Ikara. I understand the, you know, from a monetary perspective, but, you know, what drives you to wake up every morning next to your three-year-old daughter and say, you know what, today I'm going to go and make the world better. Today I'm going to go, you know, work on Ikara. 
Right. That's a great question. Thank you, Raj. Um, you, you just said it. You just said it. it. It's it's my kids. You know, um, as I mentioned a little bit in our earlier conversation, my daughter, Mariah Grace, was um, we had to do IVF to have her. And mm-hmm. along that time, I was just thinking about how impossible, you know, just being here is. And once we're here, you know, once we're born, we we have a um, we have a mission, we have a, a assignment to do something for those that are behind us. And so, you know, for me, this it's really not about the money because I haven't got a check in two years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But what makes me so happy is that when my when my daughter and now my you know three month old son that I know will mm-hmm. never ever ever drive a car my three month old son and even my three year old daughter will probably never drive a car they will have to somehow benefit from transportation in the future and that transportation has to be clean and so I'm so passionate about this because I know that someday. This is going to impact my daughter and her peers, mm-hmm. and my son and his peers, and, and and which is probably along the same lines of, you know, you know your your kids and and, and their peers, and and so for for us, it's about leaving something, leaving the planet better than we found it, and and mm-hmm. you know it's uh, it's 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 quite refreshing actually. We're, we're I don't experience any. Uh, burnout or you know people talk about ceo burnout this i love this i really really love this and you know because of that i think we attract the same type of people like our team is on board because of the same reasons like we want to like we look at the fact that okay we've planted trees right and someday we're all gonna die but those trees are still (laughs) gonna be here and they're gonna still be uh, producing oxygen for us to live. And we are excited about that. Right. So you've mentioned a word there, and I'm going to kind of poke at that word a little bit because it tells me a little bit about your value. So I'm curious. You mentioned the word assignment, and I, I'd like to go with, you know, what in your value system, you know, where was your aha moment where you decided, you know, this is my assignment and I'm going to commit the time, the effort, the, dis- the discipline needed to, you know, to take on this assignment? Gotcha. Well, um, earlier when we started the podcast, I mentioned a people business. Um, in my early career, when I uh, left school, I went to uh, Oklahoma and worked uh, at a church there. And um, I began this career of being in ministry. I was a youth pastor for 15 years. Uh, went to school there in Oklahoma and and so for 15 years, I was every day working with young people, motivating them. And I always had a passion for uh, the younger generations, always. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I always felt that I've had an assignment to do something for the younger generations. It's just been a part of me since I was a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. And so as I have evolved as an adult, I can see where there's much bigger problems. And so I still have that nature in me to nature the young people. I, I could, you could put me in a room with, you know, 200 teenagers and I would, I would thrive. You put me in a room with 203 year olds. I would probably stab myself in the leg with a pencil, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but 
it was just it was just that that I understood who I was and why am I here. And so I always feel like I'm here to do something bigger than myself. It's just just a part of me. It's just been that way for a long time. So Rock, if there is one piece of advice you could share with the audience, what would it be? Uh, I would say be open to change. You know, I've heard a lot of quotes by very smart people that say things like people only change for two reasons. Either they have to or they want to, which is very true. But, you know, we, we all have to do a little changing in order to make our world a better place. I mean, it takes it takes all of us to do that. And I think, you know, it's a mix between changing up our diets, changing up how we use certain products and services, changing up how we think about um, harmful you know, chemicals and medicines. I think, you know, it's just across the board. I think, you know, change is necessary. We've done great over the last, you know, century as far as advancements and science and transportation and, you know, uh, medicine. And so I think those advances were great, but it's time that we re-evolve as as mankind. And and I think it's difficult, but we can do it. So I would say just stay open-minded to change. Change doesn't really bother me at all i actually like change i I get bored and complacent (laughs) (laughs) so what's some of the most interesting feedback or comments that you've received you know when you've picked up a passenger in e-cara you know each one of those so i did the very first e-cara ride it was um it was great i actually picked this guy up um he was uh in town from being uh, on a long you know, stench of traveling for business. And he was, you know, had this really uh, desire to have a nice night with his, you know, girlfriend. And, you know, we picked him up and there was roses in the car. And, and, you know, he was just like very excited about the experience. And all he could think Mm -hmm. about and all he could talk about was the car. It was like, (laughs) like, which I'm trying to make this experience for him so amazing for him and his girl. And all he could think about was, Oh man, look at that display. It's beautiful. How does it work? You know, everybody's fascinated mm-hmm. by the technology. That's probably the most, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, we've picked up some very um, smart people. All of them are smart, but, mm-hmm. you know, I say that in the sense of, you know, specific knowledge and specific spaces like technology, and they're still, um, you know, quite fascinated by being able to go down the road. And a vehicle at 85 mile an hour without an engine. It's just pretty phenomenal. Um, so, that, yeah, that's, that's the probably the most interesting thing is people continually want to talk about the, the car, the technology in the car. Do you think you've converted any of your passengers to electric car buyers? Check this out. So, early on, we, we wanted to do these surveys. Remember our, our idea up front was ride brand. It was like, how do we solve a problem for automotive industry? And so we started asking mm-hmm. these random questions up front, like, um, have you ever written an electric car before? And w- we were 97% no. After three or four reservations with us, we would ask the question, would you ever consider buying an electric car? And we were 97% yes. That's, That's amazing. amazing. 
and and we knew at that point I, I, I looking at the data i was like are you kidding me the, the it's just a matter of making people more aware i mean it's it's not like rocket science nobody's gonna i mean it's just people just don't know and so since then we've had several people convert from their gas car to buying a tesla and not only that we've some in some cases become like consultants for people to help buy that next electric car because there's just so much ambiguity there people don't understand kilowatts and what that necessarily means in terms of mpg mm -hmm. or things like that and so there's a there's a knowledge piece of that that's missing i think that helps that, that that's really kind of blocking people from really opening their eyes to it but yeah to say the least we've um we've helped uh, a lot of people this far move over to electric cars as a matter of fact now we have people that are members buying us cars one of your uh, cohorts that actually uh one of your comrades have uh, decided to buy a car and let us you know lease it by the day and put it into our platform so it's, it's all kind of really cool things wow. like that happen so it sounds like you're doing the education piece and you're almost doing a top of funnel for some of the OEMs that are making electric cars. Do you have any partnerships that you, you know, are exploring? Yes, correct. You know, we, we, we knew right off that being in the car business, we knew, you know, some of what Tesla's uh, issues would be as it pertains to, um, you know, cause they have this direct to consumer business model where the, they sell direct to consumer. But we knew that even in a dealership model, that's tough. But um, being in a, in a direct sales environment, it's even tougher, especially with some of the educational obstacles. So there are a lot of the early adopters mm -hmm. were people who just knew a lot about electric cars or technology, right? Or they just took mm -hmm. a risk and it's the new thing in town. But now what we're finding is, early yeah, early. now that we're finding is like people really want to understand exactly what they're getting themselves into and tells the really doesn't have the bandwidth to do that. If you buy a Tesla right now and you get it delivered, you're going to get like a six minute spiel and a key and a Saranara in a good way. It's not negative at all. It's just, <laughs> it's just they don't have the bandwidth to sit down and help you understand what gigawatts mean. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's kind of some of the things that we do in the car. We, we talk through that, you know, we talk about how a lot of, the energy that we use is direct from the sun. You know, a lot of people don't, don't even know that the sun generates and drops on the earth 84,000 terawatts a day. And we only need 16. Wow. People don't know that. And when you look at the energy source from that manner, it's like, wait a minute, why are we shooting and drilling and burning and fighting? <laughs> <laughs> so, where, where do you see Ikara five years from now? <clears throat> oh, that's a great question. So in five years from now, Ikara will be a, a model for EV mobility all over the world. We will be a support system to EV owners that want to build their own mobility platform in their own town, in their own providence, in their own country, wherever that is, and be detethered from an Uber or a Lyft type of platform. We're building software mm -hmm. that, and this is what's interesting. And I and I'm I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I can see this happening. There's all over the U.S. and the world now. There's 
groups of people saying, hey, you know what? I want to start a mobility company and I want to do it like this. I want to employ uh, military guys and I want to go into low income areas and pass those savings along to them. And I want to use very nice uh, electric cars to do it. But guess what? We don't have self software platform for that. Well, that's what we mm-hmm. want to help them do. We want to help those groups um, build their own infrastructure, build their own culture and do their own mobility in those specific spaces and support them with software and tools and guidance and things like that. And so that's kind of where we see ourselves. We started our very first pilot um, with another another company using our platform in Washington, D.C. this week, actually. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's something that we're super proud of. We're very, um, we've been working really hard on this. And, and, and so right now this company in Washington, DC, I'm not going to announce them yet, but uh, they're going to go live uh, here pretty quick. We're doing beta testing uh, with, with the software with, with them right in the uh, Washington, uh, Virginia, uh, Woodbridge, Virginia area. And, um, we're excited about that. We think that that's going to help them grow. Now they have an app that they can actually start to uh, build a mobility service much better than the Uber and Lyft experiences right there in Washington. So we love it. So essentially, are you, are you white labeling your platform for them? Essentially, yes. That's excellent. So that's five years from now. A year from now, are you planning to franchise out or grow into the other um, large cities in, in Texas? I think all of that's kind of on the table. Um you know, we don't want to rule out anything. There's so much ambiguity in this space right now. Um, the, the idea of sharing or white labeling our software, if you would ask me that question up front, I would have said no. But it's just, you know, because of the way things are changing and the way things um, look, it it's, sounds like it's something that we need to do. And so we're doing it because, again, it's going to help us reach our bigger goal, which is how do we reduce emissions, you know, worldwide, you know, in this mm-hmm. country, it can't just be us. And so we're looking at it from that scope. Um, we all, we, we do say this, you know, Ikara will always be a brand that is um, extremely friendly, extremely clean. It's the, it's the Apple, you know, merge with the Uber, merge with the Toro. It's all those things combined. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we we have very specific customer journeys. We take people through uh, an experience every single ride. It's not just about getting in the car, going A to B. It's about, you know, learning a little bit. It's about um, getting there safely. It's about uh, getting there and we're planting a tree and doing something, you know, bigger than ourselves. Like all of those things make up what a car is and i think we'll all mm-hmm. be a model well rock i really appreciate your time today rock the nerd the i hope you get to go to outer space <laughs> and i'm sure your your kids are gonna you know watch you build this company and be extremely proud of you so rock thank you so much for your time today and we look forward to catching up with you in five years and seeing where Ecar is thank you so much roger i appreciate you having me on loved it uh anytime thank you rock mm-hmm.